That's perfect. Just give, I just need enough room here. Just Everybody sit down. Well, isn't this a good bunch of kids? This is always dangerous. I told my wife I was going to try to do an object lesson today. And she said, oh, no. Because you never do think, you never know quite if it's going to going to work or not. Well, today we're going to talk about how to, how to thrive in life, how to have a life that thrives, okay? And uh, in order to have a life that thrives as a kid, God just gives just a very few things for you to do. Now, for the adults, he has lots of things that he tells us to do. But for kids, he basically tells you one thing, and you know what that is? Obey your parents, Obey your parents. You have to learn to obey. And you know, adults have to learn to obey too. But God tells you to, do, to obey. And sometimes, do you think it's hard to obey? It's not hard. <laughs> Josie says it's hard. Thank you for your honesty. I see that hand. Sometimes it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes, is there sometimes that you don't want to do what your mom and dad says? Yes. yes, it's just the way that it is. But you can do it. You can do it. How many of you think that you're smarter than a ketchup packet? All of you are smarter than a ketchup packet. And yet sometimes, how many of you sometimes don't obey your parents? Let's be honest. All of you, probably. Okay. I want to show you how easy it is to obey. All right? This is Mr. Ketchup Packet right here. Mr. Ketchup Packet. And Mr. Ketchup Packet, I had to go through several ketchup packets to find one that would do what I asked him to do. But I came to Mr. Ketchup Packet and I said, Mr. Ketchup Packet, will you obey me? And he said, yes, I will. And so Mr. Ketchup Packet does what I said. And, and you're smarter than a ketchup packet, aren't you? Yes. Sure you are. Sure you are. But this ketchup packet here that I have, he, he is such a good ketchup packet. See, I say, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go down. And he goes down, doesn't he? Isn't that awesome? And I say, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go back up. And he just comes right back up. Isn't he a good ketchup packet? He's a good ketchup packet. And you know, if you would do what your mom and dad say, you could be the same way. Now, Mr. Ketchup Packet, I I told him, I said, you just listen to me and don't listen to anybody else. Okay? Max, come here. Come here. See, God tells us to listen to him, says to listen to his voice. And so, Max, tell Mr. Ketchup Packet to go down. Mr. Ketchup Packet, go down. <laughs> tell, tell, him, tell him, please. Please, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go down. Please, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go down. He's not going to listen to you. He listens to me. See, I just say, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go down. See? And he comes back, goes down, and I say, Mr. Ketchup Packet, go up. And he goes up. I want you to look, kids. I'm not kidding. I went over to Sonic, and I got nine ketchup packets. Nine ketchup packets. I spent half an hour last night, didn't I, Cindy? Trying to find one ketchup packet that would work and do what I asked him to do. And eight of them wouldn't. Eight of them would not do what I needed them to do. And I went through there and I pulled him out with the, pulled him out with the needle nose pliers and put them on. Eight of them wouldn't do it. Do you know that the truth is that most people will not do what God wants them to do? 
I had one out of nine that said that they would. I went to the ketchup packet and I said, would you be willing to, to stand in front of all the church this morning, do what I ask you to do so that someone would know who God is and only one out of nine would do that? What if God comes and asks you to, to obey your parents? Are you going to obey your parents? Or are you going to be one of the ketchup packets that says, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do? Do you know that God, just like the little ketchup packet this morning, God wants you to obey him so that you can be used to pe- so, so people will know who God is. See the little ketchup packet this morning? He didn't do anything. He just went up and down, just did what he was told. But you know, you learned that you're supposed to obey through a ketchup packet this morning. Do you think that God wants to use you? If he could use a ketchup packet, he could surely use a kid, couldn't he? So when God speaks, obey him, okay? All right, now obey me and go quietly and sit with your parents again. Thank you. Thank you, kids. Can you see? There she, there she is. <laughs> All right. Turn your Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 2. We're just going to read two verses this morning. Mark chapter 2. And let's stand in honor of God's word. Let's read this this morning. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth that never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. These are two verses this morning. Once Once again, Jesus went out beside a lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach. And he walked along, and he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Pretty simple, doesn't it? It sounds pretty simple right there. But there's way more to this. And this morning we're going to talk about obedience. And let's pray. Father, help us this morning to be obedient. And Father, I think if we were all honest as parents, we would really like for our kids to be obedient. But Father, you call each one of us into obedience today. And so Father, I pray that today you would help us to uh, hear your voice and help us to better image that to our children. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the fifth Sunday, and on a fifth Sunday we take and have communion And the reason I ask for you all to sit together this morning, because communion is something that is for family. It's close. It's those who are, who are part of, uh, the family, who, who are, are, are in, in, in the family. When we see Jesus with his disciples, it was his closest, uh, companions that were there at the time when they took communion. And so communion is for, is for closeness like that. And so we're here to take communion this morning. And Jesus said that, that uh, he, he did this, he did communion when he had his followers close. And we see in this story this morning, these two verses here, Levi was a follower. 
Those who follow Jesus are his disciples. Those who come to the table are his disciples. And this morning you want to ask yourself, am I a follower? If you go into the word, the word obey is mentioned 169 times in the Old Testament. It's mentioned 62 times in the New Testament. I think that it would be uh, uh, important to say that, that if it's mentioned that many times in the Bible, the word obey must be important. Obedience must be important. And I, and I think it would be fair to say that many of us would say it would be a better world if people would learn how to obey, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be wonderful in your home if every time you ask your kids to do something that they did it without whining or complaining or griping or throwing a fit and laying in the floor? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful for our teachers at school if the kids did everything you said when, they said, when you said to do it? I tell you what, I don't know how our teachers do it. It's something else. Uh, Luke is uh, volunteering at a school down in Little Rock, Arkansas. And in three grades, they have 1,200 kids that come. And he said it is like a prison lockdown every day. And he said they all come in, and he said they have to sit in certain seats. And he said, and then somebody will come on the overhead and goes, you're talking too much. And it's just this huge, loud voice. And he said, it's just like prison. He said, because nobody will do what they're supposed to do. And so if we had more obedience, (coughs) life would be better. If we could learn to obey, life would be better. And I love these verses about obedience because when we see Levi here, we see a guy that is in pure obedience. And I've told this story many times, but it is one of the, it is one of the best stories about obedience that there is. Because many people sometimes think that, that follow me, when Jesus says follow me, he's just talking about, you know, today or just for a little while. Levi is a tax collector, and and because he is a Jew, he is collecting money from the Jews, and so the Jews don't like him. In fact, they hate him. His family probably hates him, and so he doesn't have any more friends with his family. He doesn't have any more friends with the friends that he grew up with because he is a Jewish tax collector, and they hate him. And we see here later on in the story that Jesus is eating with Levi and the main people that are there are tax collectors. So the only people that will even talk to him are other tax collectors. And, but, but Levi has a very lucrative business. Tax collectors were always very rich. And there were many people that were Jews that didn't have very much money and, and it wasn't, they were kind of oppressed by the Roman government. So there were just a few Jewish people that were rich. And so Levi had decided that it is more important for me to be rich than it is for me to have family. It's more important for me to be rich than it is to have friends. I just want to be wealthy. And so he gets this job and, and then Jesus comes and everybody despised him. And Jesus comes and says, follow me. And I think we think that, well, he can come back tomorrow and he can be a tax collector. But when Jesus says to follow me, he's saying, leave everything. You see, when Levi gets up out of the seat and follows Jesus, he's never going to be a tax collector again. He's never going to go back. And once he, and once he quits that, he's never going to get rehired it's over. The time of being a, a wealthy tax collector will be gone. His family already hates him. 
His friends already hate him. The only friends he have is tax collectors, and now he's going to have to leave them as well in order to follow Jesus. And so Levi will have no one but Jesus. And Levi says, I will obey, and I will follow. That's why I use this this morning, because this is pure obedience. This is just Jesus. I am just, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. It doesn't make sense. I won't have anything else, but I'm going to follow Jesus. And this morning, we are going to take communion. And Levi was one who was setting with Jesus when they took communion because he was a follower. He followed. He left everything and, and began to follow Jesus. And this is what Jesus asks of us. He asks us to leave everything and to follow him. He asks us to be obedient. And he calls us to this type of obedience. And so it was important in order for us to get to this place to where we can sit at the table and be the close one, the close follower of Jesus. We have to get to this place that we obey. And everyone has to get there. Everyone has to get to the place that Levi was and we obey and we leave everything and we follow Jesus in order for us to get to this place where we can take communion where we're part of that group. And the truth of the matter is that obedience is very important. Our whole eternal soul rides on my, on my ability to be obedient to God. And yet we live in a society that can't stand people that are obedient. We live in a society that celebrates people who try to find new ways to not be obedient. They are are the people who are open-minded and tolerant and modern and in touch with themselves and a pain to everyone else. That's what they are. But God has called us to be obedient. And so if everything rests, if my eternal soul and all my life rests on my ability to be obedient, then isn't obedience important? Isn't obedience something that should be taught? Isn't obedience something that needs to be learned? If my child's eternal soul rests on his ability to be obedient, shouldn't obedience be something that we teach? Shouldn't that be something that's modeled in the home? And that's what God has called us to. And in the home is where we learn obedience first. Family is where God has given us to, has, is this place where we learn, to, where we teach obedience. Family is the, <coughs> is the image of God. And so in the family is where we teach obedience. And so there's a couple of things we need to know about obedience. How do we learn obedience? The first thing that we learn obedience, one of the ways that we can learn obedience is fear. We can obey out of fear. Uh, We can obey the traffic laws because we're afraid we're going to get tickets. We can obey our parents because we're afraid that we're going to get a whooping. And that works for a while. And fear is okay. There's okay. It's okay to have some fear in obedience. My, my uh, mother told me to stay away from the, the sockets in the wall. And uh, I didn't. And one time I got bit by messing around with one of the sockets in the wall. Well, I was afraid I was going to get bit again, so I quit doing that. Because I was afraid. What I should have done was loved my mother and obeyed her the first time. But there was some fear there. 
And so there, is some, there are some things that we learn by fear. The second way that we can learn to obey is the best way, and it is out of trust. Okay? Now, we, what do we, who do we obey? We obey, though, this is a good quote that you should write down. We obey those whom we trust. We obey those whom we trust. I don't have, and parents, and if you thought today that pastor was going to come and give you this magic formula for you to have a thriving uh, uh, life with your kids and that, I would, that after today that you would be able to make your kids do whatever you wanted them to and that they would be obedient, that is not going to happen. That takes a long time. And some of you are very disappointed this morning. Some of you just went, I don't have that. I do, but it's not, it doesn't happen like that. We obey who we trust. Why do I obey Jesus? Because I trust him. Why do I obey him and give him my life? Because I trust what he says in his word. You can have someone that you don't trust and they give you good advice and you won't listen to what they say because you don't trust them. God has called us to be parents that our kids can trust so that they will obey us. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about that. We don't obey who we don't trust. And I want to ask you this morning, parents, and this is the main point of what we're talking about this morning, parents, can your kids trust you? Can your kids trust you? When uh, I began, to, and I've probably, I'm sure I've told you this story, I, I, I got Roy and I started training him. And I read a book. And in this book, it said, never ask your dog to do something that you're not willing to and able to make him do. Okay? And this is really good parenting advice. And you say, what what does a dog have to do with parenting? You're going to find out. Roy, I would take him and I had a 50-foot rope that was a real thin little rope. And I would let Roy run all over the place. And when it came time for me to ask Roy to come to me, I would never ask Roy to come to me unless I had a hold of that rope, unless I knew I could make him come, because then he would learn that he didn't have to come if I couldn't make him. And I was always willing and I was always able to make him come. And so I'd grab hold of that rope and I'd say, Roy, come. And if he didn't come, I'd yank on the rope and he would usually come. And if he didn't come, I'd pull him in and drag him in and he would come. And Roy got to the place where he trusted that if I told him to come, that I could make him come. And he trusted that. Then I decided that I was going to try to do that in a little farther uh, away. He was, he, I would ask him to come, I would let him get farther away, and I couldn't, I couldn't have a rope that long. So I bought this electric collar, which I wish I'd had when the kids was little. <laughs> it would have been, been better. But I would ask Roy, I would say, Roy, come. And if Roy came, then he would always get a treat. And I, but if Roy didn't come, I'd just, you know, push that little collar a little bit and sparks would fly out of his ears and, and he would come. But he got to where he trusted that if I, if I don't come, there's going to be some, there's gonna be some uh, consequences to that. He trusted me that every time that I did that, he said, well, what's that got to do with kids? Well, my wife has something that, that her kids call the look. 
that they call the look. I was actually talking to Luke about it yesterday. I've watched her for years up here when the kids were little with the look, okay? And our kids would be seated, seated at different places throughout the, throughout the church. And if they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, they would get the look. Now, it all started before, before they ever got to go out and get far away. It was, they would sit beside her, okay? And when they were little, they would sit in church. And, and if they got to making noise and if they got to carrying on too much, Cindy would stop and give them the look. You know, she'd be sitting by them. And the look said, you need to settle down and be quiet or there's going to be something else come. Well, if they would be quiet and settle down, then, then there was nothing else that would happen. But if the look did not stop then, then the look was followed by the pinch. And the pinch is usually wherever you can get a hold of them, but the best place is this little soft tender area right here. Boy, that's a, that's a good one. And Cindy would reach over and she'd give them the pinch. And if they said anything, she'd pinch them more. And she would go down in their ear, and you couldn't hear her, but she goes, if you say anything, I'm going to take you outside. And the pinch, if the pinch does not stop the bad behavior, then the pinch is followed by the whooping. You know, the whooping is you take them outside. And I'll be very honest with you. We did not have to do this. Cindy did it, most of it. But we didn't have to do it, but maybe two or three times to any of them, right? Seriously. And after that, then the look was all that was needed because they trusted Cindy that there's going to be something that followed. They trusted her. They knew that if this was not done, that something else was going to follow. They trusted her completely. And I have watched Luke and, and Lindsay and, La- and Lacey and Landon, all of them, over in the other church when they were all part of this congregation. Some of you don't even know my kids. I have four kids. They're all grown now. But I've seen Cindy. She'd be sitting down here in the front and she'd go. And I'd just kind of scan over and Luke would be over there with Michael or somebody. <laughs> well, she wasn't, he knew she wasn't good. Why, why, did he, why did he suddenly melt? He's all the way across. It's, it's 100 feet across there. How in the world, why did he suddenly melt? Because he trusted his mother. He trusted her that if he didn't settle down and be quiet, she's going to get up and walk over there and sit by him and give him the peach. And then he, he was like senior in high school. The look still works, okay? If any of my kids were in here today and Cindy thought they were misbehaving, well, it's Lindsay, but you're sitting right by her. You're in, a, you're in a bad place, Avery. You could get the peach. I mean, <laughs> Avery's over there scooting over and scooting over, you know. They trusted her. And you say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that if we say to our families, this is what we're going to follow, this is what we're going to do, then our life must continue to follow that or they will not trust us. If you, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, Cindy would always follow this with this with this. It was consistent. It was every single 
time. She never wavered. It was never, oh, well, I'll look at you this Sunday and I might let you off this Sunday, but I'll get you next Sunday. It was never that. It was always, this is followed by this is followed by this. And we never change ever. And it doesn't matter if we're in Marshfield Church of the Nazarene or we're over at District Assembly or we're visiting some other church. This is what happens. You get the look, you get the pinch, you get the whooping. And it works every time that way. And she never wavered. They trusted her, okay? And God has called us to this place where obedience is so important and, we, and our kids have trusted her with that. And so we have to be trusted that when we say, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to church. We're gonna follow Jesus. We're gonna do what God has called us to do. We're gonna live this in our life. We're gonna take time for prayer in our family. We're gonna take time for prayer here and there. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna read our Bibles. We're gonna do this. You have to do it. Over and over and over and over again till they trust you. They have to trust you. They will not obey you if they do not trust you. When you tell your kids that you need to do this or you're going to get this and then you don't give them or this, they can't trust you. And you say, oh, now pastor, My kids can trust me. No, they can't. If you really want your children to obey you this morning, you never ask your kids to do something that you cannot make them do and not be willing to back it up. Does that make sense? I saw, can I share a story from you guys, from the Espies? Oh, my goodness. We were getting ready to go to... uh, where are we going? The kids camp in. Can I share this? Are you sure? Are you sure? This is, this is awesome. It's awful, but it's awesome. And, and Landon had something that he had, he, he had to finish out the week. And, and then he could go to the kids camp in. And all he had to do was finish out this week. And the last day, almost at the end of the day, Landon did not do what he was supposed to do. And I, and I remember Brent came and he said, he said, he can't, he can't go. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Because we all wanted him to go and he wanted to go. He was excited to go. But that's exactly what they were supposed to do. It's exactly, it's exactly. Because Landon can trust his mom and dad, can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not mad at him. He don't hate him. He loves them. He trusts them because when mom and dad say this, this is what's going to happen. And he didn't get to go. You can trust Brent and Rochelle. You can trust them. And that's what God has called us to. And so our kids learn to trust us and then they learn to trust God by watching us. And we learn and they learn that when we say this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. And, 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 and the scripture that you heard this morning during worship says, it was Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. If you can throw that up there real quick. The last verse says, go to the last verse, go to verse 4. In, in the... In the Amplified Bible, it says, do not exasperate or confuse your kids. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. It says, do not exasperate or confuse your kids. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I have read this for years, and I thought, what does that mean? 
Because I have never met a kid who is not exasperated by their parents. Who, who is not, and I was like, how do you go, how do you do what you're supposed to do and not exasperate your children a little bit? Well, this isn't meaning that, that they're going to love you all the time or anything like that. It's saying that don't exasperate them. And so I looked this up and tried to figure out what this means. And I tried to think, what is the most exasperating thing? What is it that just bugs people to death? What bugs you to death? And I got to thinking, what bugs me to death? And if, and if you go into the church, it's, if you ask people what bugs you most about the church, what will people say? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. People who say one thing and then do another. And that's what it's talking about here. It's talking about when we as parents say, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be the main thing and this is what we're going to do. And then you do something else. That is the most exasperating thing ever. If you tell your kids, this is what we're going to do, this is what God's called us to do, and this is what we're going to do, and then you don't do it, it's exasperating to your kids. And, this is not, and, and God tells us not to do this. Now, I know that this is hard to do because the time when you need to do it is when they're little. The time when you really need to do it the most. And parents, if you have young children, I mean, now is the time to get on this. And get it done. And now is the time when it is absolutely the hardest to do it. The other day, two, two or three times ago when, when Lacey was down, Lacey told Laddie to do something. She was supposed to tell me she was sorry, and she wouldn't say it. And I didn't care. But, but Addie was supposed to say, I'm sorry. And so Addie came over and laid her head on my lap and just laid there and went. And I was like, Addie, say you're sorry. Please. And I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, Addie, please say you're sorry. Please say you're sorry because your mama's going to spank you because I trust Lacey. And, and it would have been really easy. Do you understand? Because she's really cute. And she got these big eyes and she goes, and Luke used to, Luke, oh, Luke used to go, he'd come up and we'd get onto him and Luke would go. And that was stupid. Why did he do that? But you'd look at him and you'd want to laugh and you really need to be wearing him out. But he'd just be. And Addie does the same thing. She, and I was like, Addie, please say you're sorry. Please say you're sorry. She wouldn't do it. And she's a hard head. Lacey came, gave her spanking. She comes back. I'm sorry, Pappy. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm sorry, too. <laughs> it was my fault. I was like, this is all my fault. I felt terrible. It's exactly what needed to happen. Because Lacey had told her to do something, and she would not, and she was, she was in a position to where she would not let her not do it. She had to make her do it. God's called us to raise up a next generation who obey. And I know I say this all the time, but if our children cannot obey us, they will have a terrible time obeying God. They will. And I'm asking you this morning, can your parents trust you? When you say God is the most important thing in your life, do they see that lived out? Or do they see that God and church is pushed to the side for other, other things? And does it exasperate them? You say church is important. 
but you put many other things in front of it, then, you're, then they can't trust you. What would your kids say is the most important in your, thing in your life? And do they trust in God by watching the way you live? Let me ask you this. If they follow God the way you're following God, how well are they doing? How well will they do? Are your kids seeing you obey? Or are they hearing one thing and seeing another? You see, we are the image of God, and God has called us to be people of obedience. People, of, people saw Levi live out obedience, and our kids need to see us live out obedience. What will happen? This is a question that I want you to ask yourselves this week. It's in the, it's in the little pamphlet. What will happen if my children follow Jesus just like I do? What will happen if my children follow Jesus just like I do? If my children obey the Lord like I do? If my children obey the Lord like I do, will they be what we call followers of Jesus? Will they end up here at this place following Jesus? Will they end up at the table? Are you a follower of Jesus today? Do you obey his word? Have you left your sin life like Levi did to follow him? Can you honestly say you're a follower of Jesus? This is the first step to coming to a place of thriving with your kids and your family. You, parents, have to be a thriving follower of Jesus if you ever expect your kids to be a thriving follower of Jesus. They have to trust that you're a follower of Jesus. They have to be able to watch you and see what a follower of Jesus is. They have to be able to to follow you and do the things you do in order to be a follower of Jesus. Your kids have to see it, and you will have to thrive in life before you can teach them to thrive. You have to model thrive before you can ever expect your kids to do it. This morning we come to the table, and the table is for the followers. Are you a follower this morning? Be honest with yourself. Are you a follower of God? Your life will never thrive with your children until you obey, and they must be able to trust that you're going to be a follower of God. Are you truly a follower this morning? As parents, we tend to look for better methods If I could just read a book, I could figure this out. If I just had a different way of doing it, I could figure it out. If I had a better method, God doesn't use methods. He uses people. God uses parents. Parents are his chosen method of teaching obedience to children. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods. The Holy Spirit flows through people. The Holy Spirit flows through parents. Let me ask you this morning. Can the Holy Spirit get to your children through you today? I want us to stand. I want Missy and Lance to come. Sammy. We've asked hard questions this morning. We've asked hard questions last week. Am I, am I thriving? Am I doing what God... Can, can I have this life of thrive when it, when it looks like there's, 
And there is. Satan seeks to destroy us, but he says we can have this life of thrive. And we look around and we say, how can I raise my kids up in a world like it is today? And, and the word says that it can be done. And it can be. I know it can be done. But first of all, in order to teach your kids, you have to be that person who's thriving. Parents, are you thriving this morning? Are you following God in the fullness of everything that he's teaching you? And then ask your question, if my kids follow God just like I am, what's going to happen to them? Before we take communion this morning, we're going to open up the altars. Communion is for the followers, and this is just a good time to check. Am I following God in every way of my life, every place in my life? We're going to sing a verse, and if you need to come and pray this morning, if everything's not quite right, don't come to the table this morning unless it is. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. If you need to come to the Lord this morning, if you need to pray this morning, come as we sing. Just as-